Welcome to episode four of The Urbanist Live, the podcast produced by the Urban Development Institute of Australia in WA. I'm your host, Tanya Steinbeck, CEO of UDIA WA. And in this episode, I'll be chatting again to our Director of Policy and Research, Chris Green. And we're gonna have a look at some of the statistics that have come through as part of our monthly urban intelligence, as well as a chat about housing stimulus measures, consumer and purchaser sentiment, and UDIA's state budget submission, which we will be sending off very shortly. So thanks for joining me today, Chris. Thanks, Tanya. So interesting timing today, we saw the release of the Westpac Melbourne Institute Index of Consumer Sentiment, which showed really positive results for us here in WA with an 11.2% increase in positive sentiment from the June results. And recently, UDIA did a our own purchaser sentiment survey with Urbis. Uh, do you want to talk us through what the purchaser sentiment findings came back as and, and how that's translating into lot sales? Yeah, Tanya, well, it's, it, it's, a, it's an interesting survey. It's the first one we've done, so we, we don't have a time series yet for this data set, but obviously we will do our time. We're looking to do it every six months. They, we've run one in Sydney, so we did benchmark it against that survey there. I guess the key headline for us within that survey was it was only one and, and we conducted it. I think the survey went out about six weeks ago now to uh, 500 people. Was that over half of people were positive about the per property market? So I think 33% were a little positive and 25% were, were very positive, certainly amongst the owner occupiers. Investors were a little less so, which is, I think, a little bit surprising given where the uh, rental vacancy rate is at. But the, the overall confidence compared pretty well to how Sydney's been when the market was hot there a year or so ago. So but encouraging signs. And I think, again, to see Westpac come out again today and confirm that WA is at all the states, not surprising perhaps, but is looking a lot more positive, then uh, I think it, it bodes well for the future. And we're certainly hearing plenty of good media uh, about jobs and, and people like BHP looking to, to take people on in WA, make sure they're WA based. So I think whilst there is a fair bit of doom and gloom in certain aspects of the media, I think overall, I think the WA, I think confidence is, is building and maybe we won't, we won't be in too bad a place as we emerge out of COVID. How do you think that's translating in terms of um, sales? So if we have a look, uh, it's been about four weeks since we last had a chat about land sales. How is it looking um, over the last four weeks? What's the trend looking like? Yeah, so the, there's been, obviously there's been that erosion in, in the number of sales, but they're still holding up. And there's actually been a little bit of increase in the last couple of weeks. So, so if we go back to the 9th of August, uh, we had 139 sales. It held there at 142 in, in the 16th of August. Come back a little bit more at the end of the month, so 230 and 165 respectively for that 23rd and 30th of August. And then this week, we're just finalising that and it's back up to, to 171. So look, it's a big fall from the just over 400 sales we had at the peak, you know, 14th of June when the stimulus came out. But when you look, when you compare it to to sort of where we were in May, pre-stimulus at, at roughly 90 sales a week. We're still double that, so uh, volumes are, are pretty high and, you know, definitely compared to last year, you know, we're way above where we were. They seem to be holding fairly stable over the last four weeks, in and around that sort of 170-ish mark. So it's pretty strong. I think now we're probably heading towards 
almost the end that the developers offering or certainly the guarantee to hit the stimulus. So I'd suggest that maybe moving into October, November, we're going to see those come down. Be interesting to see where the market's at. I think everyone's been trying to get a gauge on that. What is the underlying demand? I think we'll, we've probably only got about three or four weeks maybe left of, of the stimulus supported sales. And then I guess, yeah, we'll see what the, what the appetite is for the purchases beyond that. And so we, we also had the Housing Industry Forecasting Group release uh, the report of which UDIA sits uh, on that particular group. What What's that looking at um, in terms of dwelling commencements for this financial year? Well, that's a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest, Tony. So when we have a look at it, so they, they revised the forecast of the last year, so that the close of uh, 1920 got lifted up slightly from their from their March estimate, which is as you know, as we were heading into that peak COVID period, but they landed on fourteen and a half thousand for last year, which is down on the original estimate of fifteen and a half that was way back in November. So, a bit of a fall there uh, for the this current financial year, so 2020, 2021, they're predicting seventeen thousand starts, and then the following year in the range between fourteen to eighteen. So. A bit of an increase. It's a yearly forecast, which to me in this current market is it's really interesting because I mean you'd imagine most of that demand is going to come this side of Christmas. So it's not necessarily the financial year that is is the key thing there to, to, to look at. It's it's how much of that demand is all those dwelling commencements are really going to go through prior stimulus. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. The key to me is that whilst people are saying how, how good the market is and everything like that, actually it's still way down on the long running average. So the 15-year average is uh, it's difficult to tell from their from their graph, but somewhere between 20,000 and 25, it looks like it's halfway. So say say it's 22 and a half thousand. So we're we're quite a bit down on that. But hopefully, when the borders open, maybe. Some of the some of the sentiment and and the encouraging signs we're hearing about the mining jobs being here, then maybe we we might be able to lift that lift that back up. But certainly, I think those forecasts were made in very much in the in the current environment and the uncertainty around when will we see any population growth. And I don't think anyone really knows the answer to that. Mm. And I think that's a really key point. The stimulus has been fantastic in terms of stimulating jobs and economic activity, but fundament the fundamentals still need to be strong for our industry to get back to the the level of dwelling commencements that that we've seen historically and ultimately it's going to rely on on job creation population growth and migration immigration which as you say is all um, extremely uncertain at the moment so if we move now to delivering against the stimulus so we've seen a huge spike in sales which is fantastic how How's the industry coping in terms of being able to deliver on the ground uh, in line with the, the stimulus criteria and deadlines that are in place? Yeah, I think uh, I think so far so good. I think certainly the feedback we're having is that you know, there's industry capacity is there, but the pressure I don't think is quite on yet. So I think we're really going to see in the next few weeks whether how much we can deliver. Perhaps the the big elephant in that room is not necessarily industry capacity, it will be the valuations and, and how valuations land in November, December when most of those lots will be delivered with title. 
and making sure that they stack up. Now, I think the unfortunate piece in the jigsaw there is the fact that the valuations, well, they're always based on tr on past trends, and so they're very much looking back. And obviously, in in the new greenfield areas and the new estates, they're looking for sales, which are nearly always a distressed sale. You know, you're unlikely to sell a lot or a house in a, in a new new estate unless something has gone wrong. So it does put pr pressure on on the prices there. Now, estimates, who knows, but we're certainly hearing estimates from valuers of maybe 30%, maybe upwards to 50% cancel or valuations not stacking up. Hopefully we don't, we don't see that. Hopefully we can get as many of these deals to stick as possible. I think the industry capacity can, su can support the demand that's coming through, maybe in a few weeks time when when developers and builders alike start saying, well, we can't guarantee the timeframes now, then maybe there may be um, a bit of demand that, that's left there. But I think ahead of that, the key issue will be, will be valuations. Mm. We've been working pretty closely with the Housing Industry Association and the state government on looking at some of those critical capacity constraints in order to meet the current time frame set by the stimulus and ultimately it's about delivering the product to a standard that our consumers expect that we normally deliver but under such time pressure particularly in being able to create titled lots in a short period of time but then also to allow the builders enough leeway to be able to commence on site by 30 june it's really coming to a crunch point so we're hopeful that the government will allow some further flexibility in terms of delivery timeframes so that we make sure that we keep all of our employees and contractors employees safe and equally deliver a, a high quality product to to our purchases and so that that request for extension to the stimulus timeframes forms part of UDIA's state budget submission which is going to land in the hands of government today Chris, can you talk us through what uh, we're focusing on in this year's state budget submission? Yeah, so that extension to the stimulus is really the, I guess, the key component of, of that state budget submission. So really asking that they extend the, the implementation timeframes of the building bonus schemes and not necessarily the sales period, but just the implementation period. So we, it just takes the pressure off everyone. We've not got guys rushing around on, on site and, and perhaps trying to do things as, as quick as they can that perhaps makes things a little bit unsafe. You know, we're very keen that, that those time pressures are taken away. Also, just to make sure we can get those approvals uh, through the various agencies. So we're already starting to hear that one or two of the, the agencies are straining a little bit under the pressure and the volume that's coming through. That's only going to get worse. So uh, we really want to make sure we can get as many lots as we can to market to deliver that so that that's obviously a key area of um of our advocacy particularly given that the uh, the economic and the job multiplier that the industry is able to generate so making sure that we can actually retain the jobs that we said we would or you know provide the jobs that we said we would so really just extend that stimulus to make sure that we can provide a sustainable workforce Similarly, looking to extend the off-the-plan duty rebate, so extend the um, the foreign buyer's surcharge levy and, and the concessions available for stamp duty around the off-the-plan scheme. We'd also like to see that broadened a little bit to include new stock that's been delivered to market but hasn't yet been bought, so 
just to try and clear some of that stock out. We know there's that's sort of been building a little bit because the, the market has responded to consumer demand and wanting to see and feel and touch those apartments before before purchasing. So there's there's a fair bit of stock out there that is available and uh, that hasn't yet been bought. And then obviously developers having to discount that to match the incentives that are available elsewhere. Looking at that, we estimate there's perhaps almost three years worth of stock there that given the current demand that will take to resolve. So it will be good to clear that out. But also I think just to give ourselves a bit of a competitive advantage and to make sure that we are an attractive proposition to, to overseas buyers. You know, we've heard again the situation in Hong Kong that the, the people there looking to perhaps move here. Why not set Perth up as uh, as the prime destination for that market and, and, and try and attract some of those people? when it's safe to do so you know what why not why not do that yeah i think too like importantly with with uh, the off the plan rebate scheme and the fact that it doesn't currently apply to new newly completed stock it, it's really constraining developers ability to recycle capital and reinvest in new developments which has that construction job multiplier and that's really what the state is looking at at the moment and we are all looking for is is economic activity and job creation and so fundamental to that is is being able to free up that capital which is currently uh, constrained by um, having excess stock yeah exactly and and actually when you look at the jobs that are attached to the department market there there's some high-end jobs in there. There's architects fees, there's civil contractors and engineers, a whole variety of skill sets that really do flow back through the economy. So it would be great to support those guys as well as the sort of general trades that are out in the house and land market. Uh, but then aside from that, I mean, that, that's a key area of, of the submission, but is really to unlock private investment opportunities. We know that the state and the federal government are, are chewing into their reserves and uh, finance isn't going to be ready available moving forward. So the state and the federal government really do need to leverage on private sector investment and, and encourage that. So we're, we're calling for a reset of the market-led proposals just to give industry a little bit more support to, to make that happen. Similarly, we're also asking that they continue with their planning reform. So whilst they've you know set out a good package there, Often in the past, they, they've announced planning reforms and they haven't quite followed through and the execution hasn't always gone through. A lot of those reforms that are in that planning reform have been identified previously. So we're just, we're just asking that they back up that commitment and, and deliver there. And also then to uh, really make sure that we can build some future-proofed infrastructure. So uh, reassess the, um, the developer contributions uh, policy and look to drive the delivery of community infrastructure. So, see what is available or see what's been collected by the humans and, and how we can spend that. There's been a little bit of analysis done on that, but it hasn't really delivered. So we'd like to see that go a little bit further. And similarly, we'd like to see the, the balance of the metropolitan region improvement uh, tax spent. It's been creeping up now over a number of years and probably sits close to sort of 500 million. Uh, it would be great to to buy some land and try and unlock some developments to provide the open space to roads and etc. that 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 fund is there for. And finally, really, it's the tax reform. So we're very keen that the um, stamp duty arrangements uh, are reviewed, and and maybe now's the time to look at possible alternatives. We, you know, we're not saying let's let's go full speed ahead and and scrap it and replace it, but let's carry out a review of the impact of those those taxes on the market and some possible alternatives. 
And similarly, look at measures to encourage build to rent. We've seen in New South Wales, they recently announced the land tax concession for developers who provide build to rent products. Let's, let's look to replicate that here and, and really encourage that, that segment of the market. So that's a that's a fairly solid list of things for our treasurer Ben White to consider, and uh, we look forward to being part of the budget lockdown on the eighth of October, when our treasurer talks us through what to expect over the next twelve months and over the forward estimates. So before we uh, wrap this up, I uh, just wanted to thank Chris for talking to me again today about all manner of things. And um, as always, we always finish this with a, a message in the bottle for our members. So what have you got for us today, Chris? Oh, thanks, Tanya. I always look forward to this question, I, I have to be honest. Um, I think the key thing for me is, uh, look, everyone's focused on the short-term uh, impacts of the stimulus. I think we're getting there. I think, uh, I think we can resolve most of those issues. I think there will be moments where things get tight, but I think we can get through that. But I think the encouraging thing is, I think the next year is starting to look a little bit more positive than it than it has in the past. Certainly, the consumer confidence seems to be flowing through. You look at the property average selling days; it seems to be going in the right direction. The rental vacancy rate is getting tight, so um, maybe next year might be better than I think we originally anticipated. All right, love to leave the podcast on a high and a positive note. Thanks again to everybody for listening in. I hope today's discussion has been of value to you. This podcast has been produced to complement our quarterly magazine, The Urbanist, which explores a variety of thought leadership topics, providing new insights to assist you and your business. Our magazine is made available to our members and anybody who wishes to subscribe, head to our website, udiawa.com.au for further information. Thank you.